This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Well, hello and welcome to the wine situation. The situation with wine is what we get into on the show. Uh, wine has many situations. It is featured in many situations in my life. The situation that I started this uh, season, shall we say, of the wine situation was that we are all at home drinking alone. So I, Ellen Clifford, am here to be your drinking buddy. Now, things seem to be opening up. But also, there's a fucking pandemic, so I don't know why. Uh, so I hope you are playing it safe if you are going out. I don't blame you. I get it. I get it. I broke, you know, I broke down midway through and was like, I have to have one friend. I have one friend who I can hang out with. I need a hug. I need someone to drink with. Um, but you know, mostly I'm just at home ha- having a drink by myself, and I hope you are too. Who am I? Who am I really? Does anybody really know who they are? Um, maybe this is too deep, too early. I'm so sorry, guys. I haven't even had a drink. It's just also like, it's like about 11 o'clock at night and I'm kind of tired, but I think I'm perking up. So I am, as I was saying, Ellen Clifford, the palate, uh, yada, yada, quartermaster sommeliers, uh, certified some, but well, Okay, I'm not going to get into the controversy around them right now. I am currently in the uh, diploma program for the Wine Spirit Educational Trust. I write for Delectable. I, you know, I make this podcast. I'm just an all-around cool hang, you know. <laughs> just hang out with me. Times will be good. At least that is my goal, is to lift up your spirits. Um, okay, so, you know... I had like, so I I like to go through the agenda for the podcast every week. And as always, I say that this podcast, at its heart, if it's about anything, anything at all, besides wine, it's always about wine and me. It's okay. So if it's about anything besides wine and me, it is about segments about wine or me and tangents, probably more about me than wine. Although, can you even separate the two anymore? I think not. So let's go through our agenda for the day. I was going to like go on longer about the state of the world, but I think some of the stuff going on might come up um, later. So I'm just going to cut to the getting to the agenda chase. We're going to have a hot tip. I don't know how hot it is, guys. It's just something that excited me recently. We are going to have a goth grape. That's right. I know I typically do the who, what, when, where, why, wine. I say that is the skeleton for the uh, vegan flesh of this podcast to hang off. But today we're just delving in. We don't need skeletons. We got the goth grape. Um, We have the wine that we are going to taste, which I am looking at it across. uh, Not really that far. It's across the counter from me. It is a beautiful glass of rosé um like so deeply hued I'll, I'll get to that and i this winery so i said i i've been doing my due diligence i uh actually this winemaker was on my list already because i first tasted them um at like the san francisco uh wine competitions like tour of what winning things um theopolis 
I'm telling you what it is already, uh, has been on my list to try because the woman who owns it, I'll tell you more about her. Anyway, so then we'll taste a wine in my continuing efforts to showcase not just wines by women, but also wines by women of color because I think it is important and I don't think I was doing a good enough job and I'm trying to do better. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll have another uh, rendition of on the food side, like on the flip side. I got to stop explaining that every time. Um, and then we'll have a drunk dial. So that's cool. Are you guys ready? Should I just like, it's only like four minutes and 30 seconds and wow, you'd almost think I'd been making this podcast for three years. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I think like the three-year anniversary did come up recently. But, you know, screw that. Uh, I don't know why I just got so negative there. No, not screw that. Like, it's good. I feel proud of how long I've been doing this podcast. Um, and I feel proud of how it's evolved. So that being said, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get into our goth grape. It is Grenache. Especially when it's in the form of Garnacha. Now, bear with me. Uh, Grenache is not normally, I think, the grape people would immediately think of as being goth. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that this this purpley grape, this um, grape that looks more sheer and translucent, um, has so many things that make it goth. For starters, Grenache slash... Slash... <laughs> Grenache slash Garnacha in Spain slash Cananao in uh, Sardinia has so many different uh, showings of its face. Like it's it's so different. And the thing is, yet it's always still you can tell it's Grenache usually. Um, for instance, uh, it's like deeper and purpley and like feels heavier in, in pre-rot. Uh, but, you know, in Australia, it might have notes of eucalyptus. It's going to be lighter but riper and like to me, jammier in the U.S. It's going to be in Chateauneuf de Pop, probably blended, which you may think goths don't mix, but goths do hang out with other slightly goth-adjacent grapes like Syrah and Mouvet. I have to make do Mouvet as a goth grape at some point. Um, so, yeah, there's so many different, like, renditions, but still Grenache, Grenache, just like there are so many types of goth. Did you know that? I was always more of a Victorian goth. Now I'm just like a semi-retired goth because I, well, I mean, who's getting dressed for anything these days? Um, but I, I was a little more Victorian slash like, uh, you know, sometimes pleather pants. Uh, or Victorian slash perky goth, I would say that. There's also, there's so many types. There's industrial goth, cyber goth, Lolita goth, Hello Kitty goth, metal goth, punk goth. More goths than you can shake a magic wand at. Uh, so that's another way it's goth, um, Grenache. Uh, furthermore, sometimes people are like, what's your favorite uh, grape? And when it comes to red, I mean, I hate to play favorites, but I fucking love Grenache. Well-made Grenache is awesome. I heard a psalm say once that Pinot Noir wants to be what good Grenache is, and I'm like, I kind of understand that. I think Pinot has a beauty all its own. Anyway, that's another story. So it's my favorite, and I'm a goth, so that's another reason it's goth. Um, you don't see it in, like, new oak that much, and you know what they say, don't put goth in a barrel. <laughs> it does seem neutral oak, though, sometimes. But, you know, 
still, don't put goth in a barrel. Um, it has, <laughs> I'll just tell you that this, this grape, the Grenache grape, has thin skin. Enough said. Um, it's also late ripening, which, I don't know, I was a late ripening goth. <laughs> Uh, some tasting notes for it include like dried flowers and <clears throat> clove. Clove cigarettes, anybody? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I really feel that Grenache is a suitably goth grape. I am just zooming through this show. I think that's partly because I'm just dying, <laughs> like a goth does, to get into the wine of the week, which is Theopolis Vineyards. 2018 Rosé of Petit Syrah, a state grown in the Yorkville Highlands, which are in Mendocino County. Say what? So why did I pick this? I was looking specifically for um, wineries uh, or winemakers, uh, wines made by black women. And um, this woman, uh, Miss, Miss Theodora Lee, is so cool. Uh, let me just like read you a little bit about her. So, Ms. Theodora Lee, a senior partner and trial lawyer at Littler, founded Theopolis Vineyards in 2003. In the wine world, Ms. Lee is known as Theopatra, queen of the vineyards. Oh yeah, I should tell you, these are the labels. These are my favorite, and they're rather gothy too. Uh, labels of, that they look kind of like a hieroglyphic type drawing. Um, God, I love this wine. I haven't even drinking it yet, and I love it. So anyway, uh, Theopatra, queen of the vineyards, her passion for wine began upon her arrival to San Francisco from Texas in 1987, primarily due to the influence of her law firm mentors, many of whom owned vineyards. This led Ms. Lee to take several viticulture classes at UC Davis before deciding to develop her own vineyard. In 2001, Ms. Lee purchased Sheepland in the Yorkville Highlands of Anderson Valley and began developing her vineyard. This process was quite complex from clearing land, doing soil tests, obtaining permits to remove some trees, drilling an agricultural well, and terracing the property. Guys, anyone who thinks that uh, winemaking is just like growing grapes and let them ferment is wrong, 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 wrong. Hmm. So, yes, all this work. Um, and finally, in 2003, she plants. Now, she still also, uh, according to the Swedbelt, like, does law writing. She contributes to, like, hold on, let's see. Also, she is a contributing writer to num numerous employment law publications and regularly appears on TV and radio, including NPR and PBS, speaking on various employment topics. She's so cool. I really hope I get to meet her someday. Um, also, because... As I said, this wine is the first time I tasted this wine, which was a couple of years ago. I was like, hot damn, this is <laughs> this is exciting wine. Also, it's uh, she does a lot of interesting grapes, like Petite Syrah, you don't see all the time. No, I should tell you, it is not a small Syrah grape. It is actually a crossing of Syrah and Pellersine, and it... Uh, it's spelled, um, the Syrah part is spelled S-I-R-A-H. So, yeah, different grape, different taste, different feel. So, okay, uh, should I get into actually tasting the wine? Should I look up the tech notes on the wine more? Let's look at the tech notes real quick. Um, vinification with Saunier. That means they just let the juice bleed out. Damn, this is a goth wine. Also, I can hear my neighbors. It sounds like they're like having a party or something. I'm gonna close the door. Like, not a party, but they're having fun. They're making noise. I didn't have a neighbor next to me, and now I do, and I don't like it. 
I like to be in my solitude unless I want people around. Because I'm a cat and a goth. Hold on. And we're back. Oh, yes, before I go on more with the, the text sheet, I should say, I was going to say, she grows like some pretty unique things like uh, this grape called Symphony that I'd never even heard of. It's a white grape. It's like a crossing of musket and... Ooh, I'm blanking on what. Um, yeah. So, okay, back to this text sheet. Saunier, so it's that type of rosé, fermented and aged in 100% neutral French oak barrels for six months. Um, I also love on their text sheets, they give like really specific... Oh god, okay, these people are making a lot of noise. Okay, I shouldn't have judged my neighbor next door. It was actually people in the hallway, and I think they were leaving the party, and they were just cavorting down my hallway. I'm still scared. Why are people going out? Why are they socializing? Maybe those people all live together, but I don't know. Ugh, sorry. I really just took things down a lot. Um, so anyway, <laughs> let's, oh, I'm not going to read the tasting notes yet. I think I was going to tell you that I love on the text sheets they give for this, like how they describe the color. Like this one is described as garnet, garnet gem. Uh, the symphony, which I already drank, it was yummy. I think that was described as like white diamonds. <laughs> um, just, yeah, I like it. So. I'm going to cheers you, and I'm going to taste this wonderful rosé of Petite Syrah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my god. That is different than I expected. I love it. Um, gosh, it's weird. I'm so used to like taking a taste and then giving you another clue for who, what, when, where, why wine. I'm not used to going straight into like tasting notes. I almost need to like gather myself. Do I need to find another goth grape to talk? No, Ellen, get on with it. I told you it was late, guys, right? So let's play What's in a Glass, the game that's not a game, and that kind of is the game. It's not a game where we walk through a traditional, you know, wine tasting. So this wine almost, it's one of those wines you look at and you're like, is that a deep rosé, which is what this says, or is it like a translucent super light and it is garnet indeed uh, red I almost want to put it more in that although when you look at the wine in the bottle it just it does have a it has a pink glow to it it's garnet gem with a pink glow I just got a picture of this like gorgeous uh, gemstone with like uh, sunbursts of pink coming out behind it it's really fun to be in my mind's guys um, my mind's <laughs> I have a few of them uh, no mostly just one uh, it doesn't always agree with itself. Uh, okay, that's too much, and I'm saying, uh, way too much. So, yeah, you look at this and it's like a, almost, it's a garnet, <laughs> it's a garnet wine, uh, going into a watery rim. Let's look at the legs, which mostly just tell us about alcohol. We all care about that. Um, I'd put them at, like, medium thick. Uh, so let's smell it. Hmm, it smells very, kind of, like, floral and spicy, actually. Yeah, I get a lot of, like, rose petal and, like, Maybe a little bit of clove on that, too? I'm not sure. Mm. Give me a moment. Give me a moment with my wine. Hmm. Huh. I'm trying to think if I'm, like, I almost get some red apple and, like, I'm trying to figure out what kind of berry this is. Maybe it's more, like, plummy than berry. What kind of fruit does this smell like? I think I'm just mostly getting, like, the floral and the clove notes, which is really interesting. I just, I don't, I almost never drink Petite Syrah, so I'm like, I don't even know. And I also have a bottle of her straight up Petite Syrah, because that's what I tasted before and loved, but I wanted to try something new for the pod. Um, 
yeah, I'm just not so familiar with drinking Petite Syrah, so you guys are on an adventure with me. By the way, if you haven't opened some wine yet, do, or else this is going to probably get really tedious. Okay, let's just taste this wine. The wine is delicious. <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's almost got like an incense about it. Like, I'm like, is that myrrh and frankincense? I don't know. But let's go through structure and then we'll worry about taste. I don't know why my voice just got like so, like, I'm like so into this wine. It's so silky. Um, it is a dry wine, for starters. I'm going to put the acid at medium. I'm going to put the alcohol at... Probably in the new WSET uh, standards, where they only have low, medium, and high, it would just be medium, but I would put it, I think I'd maybe put it medium plus. Um, tannins, which, you know, you can feel a little bit on this rosé, because I feel like this had a little while skin contact, perhaps, to get a color this deep. Hmm. So there's a little bit of light tannin. It is. Hmm. I'm going to say it's well-integrated tannin. Uh, the body is, for a rosé, medium. For a red, light. So you be the judge of what you think it is based on that description. You know, go drink some rosés and some reds and, like, mix, uh, mix, 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 mix it up and uh, see what you think uh, a light-bodied red and a fuller rosé, what, what that would equal. I'm not making sense. I am so... I will get more sleep next time. I promise. I just needed... <laughs> I needed to do this. I needed to be done. For your listening pleasure. I'll shut up. So, uh, now we go into the flavors that we taste. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, it's so much like... It's like rose petal and... Yeah, like this incense thing. Um, and like... Some sort of herb. I can't put my finger on it, but almost like, is there coriander in there? There's something just really like a nice spice to it and like a hint of greenery. It is unlike, um, it's not what I expected. It's, oh, and there's almost like a, a little hint of cedar, like you'd almost think it was, had seen some wood, but I don't think so. And, um, mostly it smells, it smells like some of it's like, like resonated, yeah, like there's some resin in there, like something mummified, but not like that. Sorry, that was too gross. Um, yeah, I don't know. It reminds me of like some incense I'd burn when I was a goth girl. I love it. Uh, maybe I should do a goth grape around uh, Petite Syrah. Perhaps I will. Hmm. The finish. Ooh, it's medium plus and it kind of evolves a little. Oh, yeah, I was going to look at like front palette, mid palette, back palette because I'm trying to get better at. I don't know. Noticing that? Let's see. It hits with fruit, moves into herbs, and finishes with the incense. And there's a light rose hanging behind all of it. These are my tasting notes. I wonder if they are anything like the ones the winemaker gave, because that's always fun to see. So, Let's see, I'm looking at the tech sheet now. The alcohol was in fact 13.3, so I think that would be, I think that would be medium all around for WSET, no matter what. Uh, say, Levy, 
tasting note, this 2018 vintage of our estate-grown dry rosé of Petit Syrah has fabulous aromas of wild raspberry, rose petals, yeah, rose, and fragrant chamomile, and fra uh, fragrant chamomile dance on the nose. Chamomile. I never drink that tea. I need to smell it. Oh, God. I'm going to pause this and add that to my list of things I need to smell so I can acquaint myself with it. Maybe that was the incense I thought I was uh, smelling. Hang on, guys. Sorry. And we're back. Don't you love that I can press pause on my recorder so I don't give like, you like these like terrible long awkward pauses, just long awkward tangents. <sighs> anyway, um, I was reading the uh, tech, the tech note um, from the vineyard, from the winery. I'm sorry. A crisp, dry palette of apple skins. I did smell apple, and that's rare. I'm so proud of myself. Orange zest. Miss that. And pear is paired with fresh acidity. It has mouth-watering and long, round finish for rosé. What do they mean by round? Huh. Give me a second. I mean, it is like such a silky, but mouth-filling. Not really. It, it's live. I use that word way too much to describe wine. I need to find a synonym for live. But... Oh, I should make a note of that. Synonym for live, because I, here we go on a tangent. I find myself sometimes like getting in love with words and using them way too much. Um, synonym. So I don't know. I'm like, this comes around to the fruit again. If you let the, the finish linger. Hmm. Okay. I approve of those tasting notes. I mostly agree with them. I was scared to say apple because you almost never get apple on red wine. Well, yeah, no, it's not a super frequent thing, but I guess I wasn't crazy. Guys, it's almost like you'd think I'd been studying wine for a few years now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Food pairing suggestions. They give you that, too. Serve chilled. Uh, served chilled. This rosé is the perfect picnic wine and will wake up the palate as an appetizer. Yeah, well... I'm hungry already. It pairs well with grilled meats, crab cakes, flavorful vegetarian fare. Okay, that was a cop-out. They're just like, oh, we gotta say it pairs with something besides meat. What the fuck is... There's a lot... I mean, sorry. I don't mean to be criticizing. I'm just like, whoever wrote this, um, you know, tell us what sort... Is it is it falafel? Is that the flavorful vegetarian fare? Is it um, highly seasoned um, uh, sautéed vegetables with um, herbe de Provence? Let us know what it is. Also, uh, ceviche, turkey, barbecue chicken, spicy foods. Yeah, this would actually go with spicy foods. And tomato-laden Italian cuisine. You know, spicy foods are something that's hard to pair. Um, and I don't think about pairings that much, but I was thinking about last night I... Uh, I was drinking a uh, somewhat sweet uh, Moscato by Vietti uh, with my friend, and we were eating pumpkin seeds, and I was like, this is a really, this salty sweet thing is really good. That was a tangent. See what I mean? Anyway, um, Theopolis Vineyards, you guys, uh, look her up. Read more about Theodora, Theopatra. Support women winemakers. Support winemakers of color. Uh, and also just like drink some good damn good wine while you're at it because uh, that is what she is making. If you uh, Google Theopolis vineyards, it should not be hard to find them. Okay, it's time for on the food side. 
Now, I, I hinted at this. No, I straight up told you last week. Last week, I was talking about a food category made into different shapes because people were making pancake cereal. Um, and tonight, or t- tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully evening or, you know, at least happy hour if you have a glass of wine. If you don't and you're not on vacation, maybe, you know, watch out for yourself. Um, God, I got to stop getting so dark. That's what happens when I lead with goth grapes. Ugh, I just start off dark. Uh, This week, instead of like food category in different shapes, I wanted to do food shape applied to different food categories. To wit, waffles. Do you guys know how much fun it is to waffle? When I had a food blog, I went through a like trying to waffle phase and like that was when I discovered you could whisk up an egg and cook it in the waffle iron. can make a quesadilla in the waffle iron. You could make French toast in the waffle iron. In fact, there's like this old, is it Betty Crocker? It's some old cookbook that has like like the lazy person's French toast, which is basically take bread, dip it in, um, dip it in like eggs and milk and, and whatnot, like you would make for French toast, and then put it in the waffle iron or lazy lazy person's waffles. Do that. It's delicious. I've also like waffled. Oh my god. Occasionally, I go through like pimento cheese phases where I make pimento cheese, a waffled pimento cheese sandwich. Mm. So when I found out that there was a uh, like guy who had a whole website devoted to waffles, I was like, yes. And then when he had a cookbook, I was like, yes, yes. Especially because I was writing a cookbook column for Hello Giggles. So I, you know, because I'm an intrepid reporter who has less funds to spend, I was like, hey, can I have a copy for review? And they said, sure. So that is how I came by my copy of Will It Waffle? Question mark. Yes, it will! Exclamation point. 53 Irresistible and Unexpected Recipes to Make in a Waffle Iron by Daniel, Sh- uh, Daniel Shumsky. Guys, over the past, I don't know, what, five years, four years? I have had so much fun with this cookbook, but there's one recipe I keep coming back to. And anyone who knows me that one of my favorite foods on earth, oh God, on earth, is french fries. So when I saw waffle fries, I was like, what? How do they do that? And he went through quite the process because, you know, if you just take french fries and put them in the waffle iron, that doesn't work. He eventually found um, if you take instant mashed potatoes and you make a slightly more thick uh, mixture of them with like some melted butter and salt and then you cook it, it, it's like in the waffle iron and like little like tablespoon uh, tablespoonfuls. It's like you get mini waffle fries. They're not quite the same, but they're really tasty and that is the only reason you will ever see instant mashed potatoes on my shelf, which I almost always have, because you don't know when you're gonna need emergency fries and you don't wanna order from Uber Eats. You get out the mashed potato mix and you get out your waffle iron. Hello, potato, uh, potato, potato deliciousness. Maybe this wine has more than 13.3% uh, alcohol by volume. I don't know. So that is one of like the recipes in this that is nearest and dearest to my heart. I thought I'd run through some of the other like cool things in this cookbook. And also if anyone can think of like a food shape applied to many different food tastes and categories that I should explore, let me know. I mean, I guess like people make all sorts of tacos. Can we call a taco a food shape? Like, you know, dessert tacos, ice cream tacos. Um, I've seen like cotton candy burritos. Uh, it's always something in a wrap, isn't it? Um, 
Anyway, uh, I would like to hear if people have ideas. I, as I said, love the waffle iron. I'm being repetitive. I'm so sorry. So the book starts with a uh, breakfast and he has recipes for waffled French toast, which I was like, I know that one. It's called Lazy Wife's <laughs> Waffles. It's so sexist. Oh God, old cookbooks. Um, grilled cheese. Yeah, as I said, you guys, if you have a waffle iron, which like get one if you don't, because it cooks more than waffles, obviously. Obviously, I sound like a YouTuber right now. I'm like, hey guys, how are you doing? When it's not even a question I'm asking. Tangent. Hmm. He has more egg recipes than I had ever experimented with before. He has a waffle falafel. Come on. Okay, I love falafel. I need to remake this recipe. I feel like I didn't do it justice when I made it. Um, and it's been years since I did, so I need to remake the waffle falafel. I feel like that wasn't one of my favorites but I should try it again. I, I made a lot of waffle quesadillas, which I was still kind of like meh about. Either they squeezed out the sides too much. I, d I don't know. I feel like a quesadilla was better in the pan. Um, I will, yeah, well, as I was saying about sandwiches, my note to myself is it will replace a panini maker. Like if you have a panini maker, get rid of that and just get a waffle maker because then you can make waffles and like pressed sandwiches. He has a recipe for a waffled uh, croque madame, which, if you don't know, is it's like a French sandwich that involves bread and cheese and usually ham, but I leave that off. And then um, there's like an egg, the madame, like a croque monsieur is just like there's a cream sauce over it all, more or less, I think I'm getting this right. A, a croque madame is all that plus an egg because, you know, the madame is extra. Uh, I've made that before. It was really good. Oh, I, I started making lists and I moved beyond the, if you can't tell, I moved beyond the breakfast section. Uh, fails though. Ugh. Blueberry muffin. He called them muffles. I was like, nah, this is just like up like different tiny blueberry waffle, I think. Um, yeah. Like either you want a muffin or you want a waffle, but you don't want a blueberry waffle. I mean, maybe you do. He clearly did. Um, other recipes I could do without included waffled portobello. I was like, eh. There were also recipes like tuna niçoise salad, uh, waffled tuna niçoise salad and waffled calamari salad. Like, really? I applaud the effort. But... That just is like, I mean, that's just taking a step too far, but you know, maybe taking a step too far is what got him hired to write this book. There's a waffled uh, chicken parm. There is, and I've made this, um, I've made, you guys, I've probably made more recipes from this than I want to admit. There's a waffled mac and cheese, which, bear with me, so you make a mac and cheese and you bake it in a, like a loaf pan and then you cut it into slices and then you like bread it so that usually means like dip in i forget if you dip in flour with this one but like there's, there's breading on it and then you put it in the waffle iron i mean it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever <laughs> i feel shame that i don't feel shame that i've had this like there's deep fried like macaroni and cheese balls you can get the cheesecake factory it's kind of that idea um I tried the toasted ravioli waffle things and i just oh wait have i i'm like it's been so long, I haven't done a lot with this book. Hold on, I'm looking at my notes. 
Uh, no, that is something I need to try. I've made the waffled pizza. You make like a pizza crust and you cook on the waffle iron and like add. That's pretty cool because like all the dents give you like extra top. I don't know. It's just a different thing and it's fun. Um, I want to try the tamale pie. I have made the migas. I want to try them again, although I still feel like that's just sort of like, okay, you're just, uh, you're just using your waffle iron like a basic stove. It doesn't get that waffly. If your stove is busy, if you're in a dorm and you can just plug in a, like, all you can do is plug in a waffle iron and go for it, but I still want to try that again. Oh, and here's the, when I reviewed this for Hello Giggles, the recipe I made, and guys, it's probably still having a moment, but it was really having a moment, and I hate it normally, but when you, um, cook it in a waffle iron and till it's crispy and salted, it's delicious, there's a recipe for waffled what yeah i mean people were making kale chips then so it was basically like kale chips made using your uh waffle uh waffle iron i get very intrigued and i haven't made enough of the sort of appetizer chapter wait is that what he calls it let me check oh no it's the snacks sides and small bites chapter has a lot of gems because he has like waffled arancini which are those rice balls that actually if you listen last week uh karen newman was talking about wanting uh waffled tostones waffled that that is where the waffle fry recipe that i make over and again is there's uh waffled onion rings there is um <laughs> and i made this once and was like i'll maybe stick with the original I mean, it's one of my favorite foods on earth, so maybe I should try it again, but there is waffled stuffing. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, the dessert chapter, I was kind of met on, but my thing is I'm, I'm a weirdo who doesn't like warm chocolate. I don't usually like warm desserts. Actually, I like foods that I'm not supposed to like cold, cold. So the, uh, like... Well, I actually haven't tried that many of the dessert waffles, probably, because I'm not interested. I tried the red velvet ice cream sandwich and found it lacking, but I think when I tried it, I was maybe still, like, a dork who was trying to, like, replace too much oil with applesauce or, like, anorexic tendencies like this. That's oversharing, but it's the truth, so I should probably try it again. I have not tried the waffled mochi. Okay, so maybe I need to give the dessert uh, chapter a try. Waffled oatmeal chocolate chip cookies doesn't sound good to me, but as I said, I don't like I don't like warm chocolate. Waffled banana bread, uh, that sounds intriguing. Waffled apple pie, I think I can live without, but yeah, like I should try that. Uh, I should probably try this. Yeah, so there's a dessert chapter that's pretty short, and then chapter six after all of this is just waffles, and there's two um, two recipes for waffles. One yeast risen overnight waffles and one buttermilk cornmeal waffles, which I have made. I don't think I kept it as my like winning waffle recipe. So far, my favorite waffle recipe I've ever made is from The Food Lab by Jake and G. Los, uh, Lopez Alt. I probably have spent like all this uh, all this podcast now talking about waffles, but what are you gonna do? Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I just feel that waffles are the way of the future, which is funny because. The waffle maker I have was well there's a long story behind it but it might be older than me I'm not sure um, so now I was trying to think of things like this book is so comprehensive of things that you could make into a waffle I was trying to think if there's anything that he missed and so my mind said being as last week I was like pancake fries and pancake cereal I was like pancake waffle and then I was like oh that's pretty much a waffle 
like a basic waffle because the batter is nearly the same. It's usually, I think, a little thicker with a waffle. What else could we waffle, guys, that this guy hasn't covered? And granted, you haven't seen the whole book, but oh god, I've been trying to brainstorm. Like, could you waffle a baked Alaska? I think you could if you put like the, the uh, cake base on the bottom and, you know, built up the, the ice cream around it and uh or on top of it and then like coated with meringue and then use the ambient heat from above to heat it or maybe you could try pressing it down on the egg whites if you don't know what a baked alaska is it's like a cake that has ice cream on top of it and i think sometimes they put more cake on top of that but maybe I i've never made one guys uh but then there's a uh, egg um i guess it's supposed to look like some sort of iceberg that's why they call it baked alaska there's like this meringue that they put on top and then you put it in the oven and it's like magic because the meringue gets just just toasted enough and it's toasty hot meringue and like ice cold um ice cream it doesn't sound like my cup of tea i have to be honest but it looks really cool also i don't think i've ever actually eaten one so hey give baked uh give baked alaska a try i got really into waffles i'm sorry guys this is the food side of me which is why i call this on the food side um, let me know if there's something that you think should be waffled. Oh, is there anything else I can think of? I mean, I'm sure someone's made waffled quinoa or waffled protein shake. Actually, no, probably not that. But I have seen protein waffles. Okay, I should probably get off this and uh, move on with things. This is a slightly shorter than usual. It's funny, when I don't have the who, what, when, where, why, wine, it goes by a little faster. Hey, this is future Ellen cutting in to say, of course it went by faster. I forgot to give you a hot tip. I'm also cutting in to say that the uh, phone call I was hoping would happen this week for the drunk dial is actually happening next week. So we don't have a drunk dial tonight. But, you know, look forward to next week because it's a really good one with a sommelier I know from St. Louis. Well, I don't know her from St. Louis, but... She's in St. Louis, and I've talked to her once or twice via the Instagram before, so you know, that basically means we're besties. Um, okay, so no drunk dial. The hot tip I was just going to give you is I was watching the movie Heathers, and do you know, that's a really fun movie. I had not watched it probably since I was a kid, and um, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't be laughing at the troubled teens of, of the 80s, or these days, or like any troubled teens, but... Man, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater at their finest. And also Shannon Doherty, hilarious. Um, and also just, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going on and on. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I have a cool woman-made wine and a cool a woman to interview next week. In the meantime, you know, open yourself a bottle. Have a drink. Cheers. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with IPA. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with Minute Maid. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with Coffee Maid. I just drink wine. Give me red, white, or say, Don't touch me, motherfucker. I'm a sommelier. a boardwalk audio podcast for more information and shows visit boardwalkaudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now